Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! here again at another podcast with your boys so so weekend ago two weeks ago yes there was a golf tournament it was the wyndham golf tournament up there in north kakalaka what what town in north kakalaka greensboro ah and i wouldn't talk about it because it was like a wyndham commercial it would know it was a wyndham television show with a golf tournament as the commercial yes it was and so, for those of you that, that would you call it a Wyndham? Wyndham? I would call it a window into the Wyndham. <laughs> oh, got him! But anyway, so to that point, you I'm always, going you, to shift through English dialects. As you I, all, this is not the British Open. You've always wanted to turn this into a sports podcast, so we'll lead with a little sport. If you think that golf is sport, I was going to say then we're already on. We're it's already more of a off. Ga- is it a game or a sport? It is more of a perturbance. Okay. Well, the perturbance was the Wyndham tournament. It was it looked you showed me this. I kind of followed it and looked back. It looks like totally, it was rigged. It looks it totally, looks rigged. Like all of the commentary was Wyndham this and like way too many mentions like and then it, the guy that wins the tournament is Wyndham's sponsored golfer. If there Brent were, Snedeker, who's a great golfer from Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to Tennessee and and Brent for win, Brent Brant, B-R-A-N-D-T, I believe. Brant Snedeker. Brant Brant Snedeker. Snedeker, Snedeker, Snedeker. So it just, it was like, hey guys, it was like a movie. Like if you were, if you did a movie and there was like an over the top. Sponsor. Like an over the top, like like a a making fun of how sponsors like can penetrate, you know, a a broadcast. Well, he wins and his kids run out to hug him on the green and they're wearing Wyndham Resort shirts. I mean, look. Kudos to him. He won it. I mean, like it's he not, shot a fifty nine. It's, it's the tenth lowest round in the history of golf. It's not rigged. He killed it, but it just was like I don't think there was a viewer that was like awesome. It felt weird. But here's the thing. So Wyndham, as a whoever runs their marketing brand, they're not going to barely do this podcast. Them. Super jealous of that though. I mean, that would be like buying a race the renaissance 500 in atlanta and then the car you sponsor also wins the renaissance 500 in atlanta and so renaissance on the screen has commercials at every break and so you're like so is it a renaissance show or is it a commercial for nascar how did he how did he how did he shoot 58 and not 59 get, 59 and not get a hole in one uh because he had birdies and eagles but <laughs> But to the point of the whole thing, the homepage of the Wyndham website is him winning the tournament for Wyndham. It's awesome. Which is how many people care about golf that stay. But at I'm Wyndham? telling you, as a brand win, that was a pretty big brand yeah, win. I and, agree. And what I think, and when they interviewed him, the first thing he said was, "Thanks, Wyndham. You've run a great tournament. You've always been a sponsor. You're like family to me." And he started naming their executives, and I'm sitting there going, "I mean, they had to be." Literally, like back slapping you so hard they've got bruises on their backs today because they si- deserve it. Because they're sitting there going, they shot a fifty nine in marketing, in whatever marketing. that is. Yeah, because not only did they 
did their golfer win the tournament with his, their brand name on his shirt in every shot of the tournament. The tournament's named after him. Every break had a Wyndham commercial in it with him in the commercial. But, but, but the real winner was RBC. Because? That Wyndham's paying for it all, and RBC's got this big sleeve badge. Just, oh, RBC's paying for that sleeve badge. They're paying for the sleeve badge, but they got the double dip. They got what's called earned media. Yeah, off of, I mean. Off I'm, of the Wyndham win. Yeah. But Win. but so to all, to all that I thought one thing I'm going to criticize because uh, that's what I do because I'm Mr. Negative is uh, the commercial which we will have Bobby post from a YouTube link onto this posting of the Marketing Money Podcast marketingmoneypodcast.com is they have this weird wizard who's not you're not told he's a wizard until Brett Snedeker tells him he's a wizard in the commercial they do a CGI if that's what you want to call it putt when he doesn't putt a real ball. And it stops for the hole, and then the wizard makes it go in. And to Snedeker's credit, he's a pretty good little actor in the commercial. He's like, yes, you know what this means, wizard? And the wizard says, you get free week at a Wyndham Resort Hotel or something. But there's no context to why he's getting the free week and why the putt stopped and why the wizard can make it go in. It's just like they dropped you into this situation. And there's an awkward like back and forth. Like It's kind of comical. But as a brand selling, it was very point, much like a European commercial. Yep. Like, like, like it's like one of those things. Like you, you you're, you're like what? you're supposed to understand who everybody is. And and Wizard Man has been on like a bunch of spots. Everything. He's from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Christopher Hivju, Hivju, bless you. Tormund Giants Bane is his name in the show. Well, to, my point is, the commercial worked to me because Snedeker won the tournament. So you knew what was going on. If he had not made the cut and that ad was on every commercial, I don't know that it works. Because then you're like, who's this guy? What's he doing? Um, I, I think it's funny. The commercial's kind of funny in like just a funny way. But I, I don't I don't like the CGI golf. I really wish because the tournament. The ball should, one should have gone up to the edge of the cup. Like it, it well, was, and it said Wyndham. Like they didn't need to brand the ball. Like we know what it well, is. Well. But, why not? But why not? Because it looked fake. But second, wow. secondly, but it did have a wizard, so it is fake anyway. <laughs> but then the other part about it is the tournament had a hole in. If you hit a hole in one in the tournament, any of the pros, they ha- they won one million Wyndham points. So they didn't get a million dollars. They won a million points, which is probably like twenty five thousand dollars or something in real dollars. But it was a million points. I thought the commercial would have been great for him to have hit a hole in one and gotten a million points and well, then played what, off that. And it well, that been was a the cool, point. But to the point, but it, he can't hit a hole in one when he's putting from the green. That's, <laughs> it, that's well, that didn't match up with the with the big sign they kept showing in the tournament saying when they were was, alive. But that was the base for the commercial. Like if you get a hole in one, you're gonna get, anyway. Whatever. I don't know. I didn't make it. I didn't get paid for it. I didn't. You know, they didn't call me. Oh, but they should have. No, uh, I don't work with have. hotels. I only work with banks. Speaking of commercial, no, I'm kidding. Speaking of banks, what you got going on in the brand risk with banky category these days? Uh, so we're going to talk about risk today, and you know, so the marketing guy gets called in, and I always suggest stuff that's risky to a bank. Always, always, because I mean, if you were already doing what make I your was- city rates six percent for two weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just stupid. That's not even risk. I mean, it's just like. It's repricing CDs. Like, we're going to do a new rate. How do we reprice all the people? And what's the... 
I just match everybody else. That's what they all do. Well, I mean, that's what you do, but I mean, it's a, it's a risk question. Though, so do we do it? Then it's the ALCO meeting with the rate, and then we hold and blah, blah, blah. And if you're a client and it sounds like I'm talking about you, maybe, but you're I'm talking about 20 people too and with great compassion because that is that is the question. But it's really around um, the, the danger I see is around the, um, the banks that man- try to manage the risk to zero that like there is no risk there is risk out there there be risk out there yeah so how do you mitigate the risk mr mavis well i think one um we're going to hear from an actual expert that can tell you about it from a from a true you know place of expertise but i think one understanding that that you will have risk as a bank i mean it it will happen everything is risky but also taking comfort that you're not out there in a weird risk area. Like like you said earlier, like, okay, well, if we offer this rate that's not 6%, we yeah, we're going to have to re, re, reprice this. And that's just, you know, uh, a part of the um, of being a bank. But it's not like these other um, advertising entities, retail entities, that, you know, like Reebok or Adidas advertising against Nike. I brought up a few podcasts ago or, um, you know, a, 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 you know a, a fast food place rolling out some really dumb product that's a risk that you have to go um into with those other retail entities because it's such a competitive area that you have to do something so risky that it might be stupid well well, so to to hop on you talking about athletic brands and we talked about golf earlier and, and some sporting ads i guess sports ads uh i don't think banks take enough risk in their advertising. And I'm not talking about rate, and I'm not talking about compliance risk. Right. I'm talking about creative risk. I mean, it's pretty risky if a bank has an ad and someone doesn't have a handshake in it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, find a bank. Like, I saw this, it was on a LinkedIn or something. I saw this beautiful community bank ad someone did out west, and I sent it to you, and I said, check this out. Production value was like 10 out of 10. Beautiful ad had some nice music. I still don't know what that spot but was I did, for. I, could, I don't think it was for but a it, bank. It, but it was just like, but here comes the handshake. Here comes another handshake. With oh, like, and a smiling face at the door. With and the sunset behind it. Someone does like it's. Oh, if there's a mortgage spot without someone moving a box, like walking a nondescript box through a house, but they're perfectly dressed, no sweat, like beautiful actress, actor. Yeah, I mean there there's some some tropes. But I mean, I'm telling you, first risky move you make in advertising is doing a bank spot or ad without a handshake. In. That that's like where you get on my list of being a bank hero. If you do an ad without a handshake, because the handshake is, I think it's actually compliance. I think the FDIC says you have to have a handshake. It's actually the OCC. Is it the OCC? It's the OCC. If you're like if you're a national bank, CFPB, CFPB, you have to have a handshake. The protection. <laughs> You do. It's, it's a consumer a and a banker, though. They actually make sure that it's a consumer and a banker shaking hands. Is there? Never mind. I'm not going to go down anymore. Nah, because we, we love our regulators. To that point, though, we've got to get more. I think it's why banking is seen as boring. I think because it's a conservative industry that rarely got into the mass media till a few years ago. It was kind of like attorneys were. I mean, you've got your trial attorneys who've gotten out there with some crazy stuff. But generally, it was a very white-collar marble column we're so proud we're conservative you come to us because we're this and you don't and then all of a sudden you know you see these brands that kind of take the attention away and banks are first bank we talked about them on one of our podcasts they do a great job with some very different attention getting advertising and 
you know, we try to with music and 1612 and our Apple ad rip off, if you want to call it that, or they to we us. Didn't, we, we did not they, rip they, them they, off. They to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, compliance. Us. Yeah. So Hashtag compliance. You can go no back and, you go back and look at it if you look down our, our previous podcast. But my point to all that is uh, you've got to manage your risk, as you said, but um, I don't think we take a lot of advertising risk. I mean, some of it is, do you sign up an athlete as a sponsor with things that have happened uh, in the NFL and things that have happened with, uh, you know, whatever crazy thing some athlete does or some person does as a, uh, that you sponsor that might stain your brand? So then you get a little hesitant to do that. Do you sponsor a tournament uh, like the Wyndham we talked about? What what can banks do to grow their brand awareness that is risky for the bank traditionally, but not risky in today's modern marketing place, well, I think marketplace. You, well, I think you have two things at the foundation before you even get into into the actual risk side of it. One is that ultimately bank marketing is approved by bankers. Even you as a bank marketer, if you're not a banker, if you didn't come up from teller or the lending side or whatever, somebody above you that's going to approve that ad. And, and this is no knock on, on those people, but there, there's a two-sided thing that bankers think that consumers understand banking. And then there's the outside competitor that if you actually stopped and explained a bank product, like in your ad, and I've said it before that consumers don't understand their role in it, and that's going to be the win, so keep beating that home. And you bring this sort of mundane, like, hey, a bank does this for you. They take your money and protect it and blah, 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 you know, whatever it may be. If you brought that ad to get approved, not even on the sexy side, but like on the actual, you know, explanatory side, you're either going to get laughed at by the person approving it or by a competitor. Oh, I can't believe you you ran an ad that explained bank products. Do you guys not understand banking? No, we do. The consumer does it. I love when you talk to a consumer and say, non-interest bearing DDA. <laughs> but yet in the bank, they throw it around like you're just saying, you know, cornbread or something. I mean, like everybody everybody knows what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's this weird self-whatever. So then you would think, so that's as far away from risk as you can get. Um, but on the other side, you start getting consumery. You know, with this, and oh, somebody might get offended. Mm, it's a checking account, and it's not even really a risk. It's your money, a true risk profile. It is. It's like the worry of risk, and um, I think that uh, a bank. I don't know. You know, I don't have a universal guide. I wouldn't argue with anybody that had a, a risk profile, but I think, you know, marketers, you being involved in that risk profile. And understand, you know, making someone tell you how risky can we get? Yeah, and, and if it's not at all, then play then in it's that. Not at all. But if it's like, you know, we talked about the first bank. You know, their first bank, love you, bad name. You can't just Google first bank, but because there are too many of them. But first bank in Denver, Colorado, has these. Um, Saving is fashionable. Well, they had that's, some other ads too in the past, like with the creepy doll that turned his head, and they did the. I think they some, did an Amish like campaign. Yeah. I mean, they did some some stuff. And some people complained about it, and I'm sure the risk department. You know, I don't know their inner workings, and I can't really speculate. Oh yeah, yeah, this is a good point. Bobby brings up. So they had this. So the, can they hear Bobby talking? Right they now? can't. Okay. So so there was an ad. Bobby, Bobby, leave yourself in. Let, so let, let's put it on the. 
thing too. So yeah. we'll put we'll put so the first bank, Snedeker and we'll put the puppy ad. The, the puppy ad's good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So it's this long ad, like a minute, two minute ad. Well, the build up is what makes it work. That the kid sees the puppy and he goes over and you'll see it. You know, dad doesn't have any cash, so he can't get the puppy and the puppies. You and know, they're saying person person payments he could have paid. Right. I think that was it, yeah. or it's an ATM or whatever it may have been. So. There was so much, as, as we understand it, outcry from this, or maybe it was just a tongue-in-cheek, that they followed up with the kid actor like, hey, guys, I'm not a real – like, I'm an actor. This was pretend. Like, I know it's pretend. Don't worry about me. It, it, it was a – some of that might have been played up for PR. But anyway, it was a risk at touching on the emotional heartstrings of a child not getting a dog. But on the flip side of it, it worked. It yeah. got talked about. It showed a product placement, and it, yeah, it should it have stood been out. out, like, stood out no one would do this. Would, stood out in the marketplace. Would do this to their kid? Well, of course not. <laughs> that was the point. Don't get caught in that situation if your kid sees a puppy. Speaking of risk and risky things, I've come up with a new segment for today's podcast, Mister Mavis. You're going to take some risk. I'm no. I'm going to talk about people that took some risk by emailing me. Mm, what's this new section called? It's called Cold Call Champions. Cold, I, that wasn't the name you told me. What did I say it would be called? Cold Call Warriors. They're not warriors. Okay. They may be after the third time they hear this and email me. I like you at home, fellow marketers. Um, today I'm speaking from fellow marketers to fellow marketers. I like you at home. There's fellow no one mar- like you. Like you at home, fellow marketers. Listen to this. You're not like John. Often, and when I say often, I mean like every five seconds, get an email from someone who doesn't does not know me, mm-hmm. does not know our bank other than some name they got off a list, and knows nothing about it because they obviously ask questions about things that we are already doing or already have that are very easily findable if you took five seconds to look at our website or content or show social media or anything about me at all. Mm-hmm. And so I've decided to start reading out some of these emails over the podcast I will eliminate. So, what's your what, what? What is the purpose of this here? What What do you want to happen? To embarrass the people that are emailing me, so they'll stop emailing. I'll me. allow it. So, I'm not going to say their name because I don't think. That, are you going to say their business? I, I don't think we should risk. Let, I'm say gonna, the type of business. Okay, this guy is a production company, like video production. And we're going to say his name is David V because his name is David V, and I'm not giving you the full last name, but it is David V. David V says, recently, Blank Productions was tasked with capturing the story of how local bank branch integrated into their community. Take take a look at a few pieces from this ducky-style miniseries playing on social media. Blah, 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 mobile branch bus. Blah, 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 mobile branch Eric. Blah, 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 mobile branch community. If I were to set aside some time for a call, would you be willing to explore the possibilities of of collaborate together on an upcoming project? David. So what's wrong with that? I don't need any of the things he's selling. Mm. I'm not looking to do it. But how does he know that if he doesn't I'm not to do a docu-style miniseries. I'm not doing that with him. I don't have a local bank bank branch integration going on in my community that I need him to come down and shoot. Yeah. This guy doesn't know anything about us. Yeah. Deuces, David. I'm going to say that was a weak one. I think you're just warming up. Okay. Okay. I mean that. I mean that could have been anything. He, this comes shows. from this comes from Dan at a digital marketing company. Digital Dan. Digital Dan says, 
thank you for accepting my LinkedIn invite. I accept just about everybody. So, man, I just, you need to stop. Whatever, whatever. You got to stop that. You just a little that. bit more about me. I'm president of blah, 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 blah. For over 20 years, I've been working closely with companies and marketers looking to keep up with best practices in digital marketing, SEO, well, paid first, search, digital and marketing. Dan, digital Dan is more than 20 years. Yes. It's not over because that would be spatial. Yeah. So it's more than 20 years. So mm. let's just, so, so obviously. Danny. Well, he's not an English major. He's a digital major. Mm. English? Yes. He wants to help me build up legitimate DM division of $10 million and more and improve our website so that we can start producing more clients. Producing more clients. I want to produce more clients. I think that's our mom and daddy's job. Spoiler uh, alert. True. If possible, and you feel there may be value in working with us, please let me know. Is there an appropriate time for you to chat for a few minutes this week? You can see when I'm available here. And he sent me a calendar. And mm. I said, deuces, Dan. All right, you're getting better. I think we only need like... Well, give me your best one. Ah. Give me your best one. Give me your hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. Fire away. Isn't that, was that Pat Benatar? Let's see. Uh, ben Patatar. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me, give me one that's just egregious. Egre- egregious. Egregious. I, oh, I've got a lot of them. You got forty-two stacks. So no wonder you're so frustrated. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. All right. This is from Hayes M. With a haze. 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 So you're about to haze. 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 haze says, Hope you're doing well. I wanted to follow up on my previous email. Well, <laughs> thanks, brother. Your previous email, which I didn't respond to because. All right, so let me. I got to. I got to. Because I get a lot of those. About I 90% gotta, say pr- respond. Well, I got. I get a lot of previous emails where there wasn't a previous, a previous email. email. So I'm telling you. So, Johnny, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually show value since you're not showing value. If you're listening to this, Haze M. And maybe you did, but everybody that's emailing me, don't reference a previous email if there wasn't one. Just just be real with me. So he says, hope you're doing well. I wanted to follow up on my previous email to share a little more about what we do at blank, blank, blank. Our new mobile channel is driving six times the engagement of a traditional email phone and paper mail. Paper mail. In addition to, to the onboarding use case for deposits and credit cards, banks leverage our technology in the loan application project process, HELOCs, personal, student, and mortgage. Banks such as blank leverage blank to engage their applicants, collect additional documentation, ultimately drive conversion. Our results are leading to 10% increase in loan applications, 40% faster close of loans, 50% reduction in application abandonment, and 40% reduction in inbound calls. Good Lord, where's Hayes? I need him now. Why wouldn't you call him? Because his numbers don't lie. Our current customers have been able to cut costs and drive engagement at rates that are unprecedented in the industry. Who would be willing to hop on a call and see the platform and talk to me? He also claims he's a Gartner cool vendor, whatever that means. He's a cool vendor. He is cool. I know that means something, but to me, it means he's a cool vendor. Maybe I should call him because he's cool. Mm. Anyway, deuces. If you listen to this, Mr. Hazem. I'm not going to reply to that email either, so your next one will be, did you reply to the current email or see my other email? But at least he did send one previously. Uh, yeah, that I probably arrest. So who do you want to hear from? Like, What would, what would make you open it and, so, and respond today? What would, what would stick out to you? So the people that I normally respond to, mm-hmm. if I know them, one, mm. if they had... I like a name drop if it's a drop of someone who I legitimately know. Like if someone said, Josh Mavis and I were talking and he said this might be a good idea for you, I would be like, gotcha, talk to him. Well, that I'm just going to tell you, if anybody ever does that. They're lying. Because I disavow all knowledge of you <laughs> when I'm not in this podcast. People ask me all the time, like, hey, what's John like? And I'm like, who? 
<laughs> of course you could. You, sh- you could and should. Yeah, I was like, huh? <laughs> This I my, just listened to a podcast. I just found this on myself. Yeah, I like. I just listened to a podcast like with with you and John talking. Like, how can you not know him? I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And they're like, the guy with the tiny feet. Ah, no, they don't go there. <laughs> so, so for that, yes. But another way. Yeah. Another is way. Is this the third way? It, yes, is to not be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you were born annoying? Like. Because well, some the, people are. So I'm, I'm getting to more like why you don't – like don't contact me about social media or video, digital videos. If you haven't looked at Renaissance Nation see that we shoot shows and have content and you just don't even know and you're like – like one of them I'm not even going to read think it. But vi- it's like, it's like how, do you – one of them said, do you use video for marketing? We make videos. Well, I think the big thing is like – I would say my annoyance, because I don't get as many of these as you. But, well, you're, but I, you're not in the same role I am. Well, I get plenty of vendor things, but it, no, I'm not. I, actually, I send out emails like this to, to people like you. I don't actually ever do that. Um, is when someone tries to give you like this prescriptive advice without understanding it, like, I can help you you know, with this result. Lift deposits like well, or or I can. What's funny now is like somebody you know doesn't understand banking. Like I can help you open more loans. Like well, I need deposits. Have you, have you been in the marketing industry for very long? And so it's the people that try to give this prescriptive advice without seeking to understand first. So I could I have literally he does uh, like stacks of these because i print them out and they're all about the same it's we have something we want to sell you because it will do this and i but this is tough because i mean somebody in this stack because i mean just statistically you have a big stack small feet big stack yes i'm actually standing on them to make sure i can if you made feet out of those you would have normal size feet no mm, not even bigger bigger like shack shoes So, so just statistically there has to be something good in there probably Right. Well, this one's a radio station that uh, I will a radio company that will remain unnamed that went bankrupt on May fifth, twenty eighteen. But yet they still try to act like they need business. So uh, you can read that one if you want to. Let's see this one. Well, don't they? Th- this you know I had two people from a similar companies were referral companies. This one sent me one, two, three, four, five different dates they wanted to get together and talk. Exactly. He just balled that up because he just laughed when he read it. So let me ask you this: How do you feel about emojis in a professional email? Uh, I think they need to emoji their way somewhere else. So I, I would say this: Here's the way. If you want to, you got to work for it like anything else. It look, you got to work for it. You got to know somebody that knows connections. You've got to look participate in the ABA Bank Marketing Conference. I'm <gasps> going to give a little shout out. Woo! Shout out, participate in yo, it, yo, or another conference where you meet people and get to know them entertain and talk but again if you're annoying if i don't want to talk to you or if the marketer doesn't i'm not not me but if they don't want to talk to you don't like don't don't like chase and try to like yeah i'm gonna tell you something how i would how i would categorize that is is like these people that think that 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 will tell you they have the best product yet approach it with like no confidence like like oh please please look look at my uh and free but i mean like me i don't you know Mavis AC is the best bank marketing firm in the world. Damn right. I don't have to like, oh, would you please give me a call and go. Oh. And, and here's the other thing. It just is. It, it aggravates me that you. Mavis I know there's some bank marketers that 
are looking or not good or whatever. And, and yes, whatever it is, but like, <laughs> give me a little credit here. Like, I, if I want something and don't have it, I'm going to go find it and I'll contact you for that. But though, yeah. like, you didn't do any research. You have no idea what we do, what our company stands for, where we are. You don't know that we have agent agency of record. Like, you you just don't Who know. Who is that? Uh, it's the uh, maybe say, have you heard of them? I've heard. Anyway. That they're the best bank marketing firm in the world. You're damn right. <laughs> anyway. MabusAC.com. To that point, and to the point of all this. Please sign up for a free demo. It is. I don't even think it's risky to send a co-call email. A co-call email? A co-call email. It's just dumb. Well, you it's gotta dumb. Start, you got to start somewhere. So, hey, Johnny. Yeah. Woody. Uh, a co-call email worked on you for me. Mr. Oxford. It actually didn't. I knew you before that. You sent a dumb cold call email, but I already knew you before that. And I actually hang that email over your head every chance I get. Because it was so dumb that you sent it when I was like, you know me, why are you calling me Mr. Oxford? But we I appreciate the respect. Very well. But I appreciate the respect. You try. That's for I saw your feet. Hey, A for effort. A for effort. All right, we have a special guest today. Terry with PKM as in Terry, Mr. Terry Ammons. Terry Ammons. Because I ruin every name I say on here. So Terry yes. Ammons is on here with PKM. That is Porter, Cadle, and more. PKM's an accounting firm, correct? That's right. And you're on the, the risk side. That's correct. We have sort of a risk advisory services group, and, and I'm one of the partners uh, on that team. That's right. You're advising risk. Do you tell people, like, don't say stupid things? I mean, what's, what's, it, tell me about the risk you advise for. Like, is it public I think it's relations more risk? Do, or is it more like data things. breaching? Or is it uh, liquidity crises at a bank? I mean, what's what's the crisis of the day? Well, well, it could be. But, but in, our, in our risk advisory services, we have a team that does compliance-related uh, work, compliance consulting, uh, we have a team that does loan review and, and sort of loan regulatory consulting. We have an internal audit team, I guess you would say, internal controls team. And then there's also a team that handles IT-related items. And that's my area of focus, is in the IT and operations areas of, of financial institutions and, and fintechs. I have a, we have about three dozen fintech companies as well. So I sort of sit in the middle of this. And, but, but primarily on the IT side. So, Terry, what um, sweet spot for institutions um, do you guys serve, asset size-wise, or is, there, or is there any just sort of guide? Yeah, I mean, we have about 200 financial institution clients, 10, 11 billion. We have a few of those in that range. We have a big block in the low billion-dollar range. And then, of course, there's, a, there's a, a fairly large group that goes from you know 150 million up to you know 750 800 million. So probably you know the mean and the average I don't know, but our probably average clients in the two billion dollar range. But you know got a few really big and quite a number of really small ones. But community banks basically is is what we serve. So community banks and then some some edging into the regional area. So. We know what you do now. We know where you are. Now we need we need a story. Give us a good a good story to kick this off and and protect the names of the guilty and the innocent. But give us a good like a good risk story. Something you've handled. We didn't prep him for this, listeners. But I, I need some something with some juice today. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that I've been talking quite a lot about is you know the the risk that banks have in in dealing with third parties, and it could be 
key vendors. It could be a lot of different vendors. There is a client of ours, again, who will remain nameless as you as you describe, who who originate mortgage loans, but but they're all underwritten and sold to third parties right off the bat. You know, so they never hold them on their books. But it um, the issue became one where where the the buyer of the loans was breached and. Because the original customer came for the bank, the bank ended up, ended up having to notify those customers, even though they didn't own the loans, they ne- didn't really make the loans, and you know they were gone for their books. So there's a lot of risk around, um, you know, around dealing with third parties. You really have to know who you're dealing with. So was that a compliance risk or a reputational risk or both? Did a re- and and to that did a regulator come both. in? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's both. And um, you know they're you know legal slash compliance. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 police are coming in to stop this conversation as we speak. It was a legal okay. compliance and reputational uh, issue. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it wasn't financial financially. Probably not not a lot there. But but I mean, yeah, it's it's reputational risk. Do you have a baseline for? what and how big the response should be because as a as someone who's in marketing and has communications in my shop you know is it if it's 50 people they might just get a letter and we don't do anything if it's a hundred thousand clients well then it's website letter social uh contact center ready yeah like like the whole scientific method run down the steps and solve it uh how do you guys coach on major data breaches that are not necessarily the bank's fault but that they hold the bag for because their clientele use their debit cards well, first of all, you you, you got to make sure that the people who are going to be dealing with the customer day to day basis kind of they're going to be expecting these kind of or they should be expecting those kind of calls and understanding what the impact was. I mean, most community banks don't own their credit card portfolio, and there's all sorts of you know safeguards in place that sort of protect you uh, from a credit card from a credit card standpoint. It's the issuing banks that 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 take the risks in in the Cases. But I think that does scare scare people. I will tell you one that recently happened. It's it's not exactly the same, but it's sort of the same. You know, when the Equifax breach happened, we you know I was sitting at one of my clients, a fairly large client, and they have used Equifax for many years. And I'm sitting in the president's office. He goes, I mean, I'm having people ask me about that. You know, we've been sending stuff to Equifax, customer information to Equifax. You know, every day for the last ten years, you know, are are we going to be in trouble? And and so, you know, Equifax and these credit the credit bureaus are a little bit different. But but I think educating, you know, educating the customers. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my my thought on that is that people have almost in, in a way become a little immune to it. You know, especially the credit card on the credit card side. I mean, I was talking to my wife the other day. You know, she's seems to get a new credit card about once every six months whoa down terry and <laughs> no i mean i i, I mean because because of, because of a breach or because of, <laughs> oh right right okay i i i thought we were getting into some issues I, i'm yeah, kidding with you you're getting personal with your uh credit there yeah and so, i didn't know spreading about talking about my marital problems on the, on the, on the podcast here. No, but I mean, and serious. I mean, people, you know, they're they've kind. It's become a little bit of a. We're desensitized. But, 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 that, yeah, that, that's that right. It's just yeah, gonna that, happen. That's right. I mean, I, I mean, look, I do. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of the opposite. I, I travel so much. I mean, 
Um, I was on the on a on a, a flight coming back, and and my wife, who does our finances at at, at, at the the ad agency, said, um, "You you weren't in because I mean I'm it's it, this is how much I travel. You you weren't in Brooklyn, were you? Right? Like you're, where are you flying from?" I said, "No, I'm in wherever Chicago, San Francisco. Well, you just got gas in Brooklyn." And it's like, okay, we'll cancel the card or, you know, hit the pause button or whatever. You're exactly right. We're so just absolutely desensitized to it. I, what, what do you think is going to roll out of that? I mean, it's, you know, these, these issuing banks are carrying a lot of risk themselves. And, yeah. and we're, so, so it goes somewhere. You know, that guy got, yeah. or gal got $50 worth of gas or $80 worth of fuel. Not to get too nerd out here, but the, uh, you know, EMV chip. When you use the card card fraud at you know point of sale in a store in a retail environment, you know has gone down pretty substantially since that EMV chip is put in. But what happened is the card not present fraud has gone has gone up pretty pretty. I wouldn't say dramatically, but it's gone up a good bit. You know in the in the last couple of years. So you know the fraudsters, the people who are who are trying to get your stuff? They they figured out that you know the path path of least resistance. You know it's going to take some it's going to take some you know industry focus and there's so there's some people out there trying to trying to work on that. But but I mean I think it's you know you talk to people who who deal with this a lot. It's a it's it's a it's a something you got to manage. You can't eliminate it and squash it completely. You just got to kind of manage it and. You know, it's sort of like you know whack a mole. Yeah. But but that's 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 what that's really what we're talking about. We're not killing the roaches. We're just running them to another house. Well, that's that's right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know, if I've been doing this for a long time, and my mentors, and this has been a long time ago, before before internet banking became ubiquitous and some of the other things, but. He told me that once this e-commerce stuff really caught on, that you know that there were going to be lots of fraud, there's going to be lots of issues, lots of hacking. Uh, he, you know, and 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 he was he was right, but but again, um, we're still doing it, right? You're still using your credit card to buy stuff online, and anyway, it's, it's, it's something you got to manage, not completely eliminate. So let's talk a little bit about managing risk. I mean, because that's really, I mean, I, I mean, a, a central part of your business, and again. Um, since we're a marketing podcast, I own an, a marketing firm. I, there, there's the um, opportunity side that in, inherently carries some risk. If you go out and try to capture new business in any sort of way, there, you know, a new account always carries risk at the granular level. And you talked sure. about setting a risk profile. Do you have a top five, top ten, three tips? I mean, something that you, that you say from everybody, from the you know five hundred million dollar bank to the fifty billion dollar bank, some principles that you can um, give the listeners. Well, I, I'll, I've already mentioned this one, but I think making sure that when you when you decide to to make that when you take a risk, when you decide to offer a new service, that that you make sure that it it, it sort of fits, it aligns with your strategic goals. That's one thing because if you if you have that, then that means you probably have the expertise, the people, the resources to be able to manage it in whatever whatever form it takes. You got to make sure also. I mean, this is of some basics, but you know, as you every time you take a every time you try to open a new account, you try to do a new line of business, you're gonna um, you're gonna present some risk, and so the people who are who are sort of 
in charge of governance at the at the uh, at your institution, they need to be kind of a, they need to be aware of what's going on, and they make they need to make sure that it's it's within their you know again within the risk profile. But I guess the other thing is is that you know not to be I mean to be honestly not to be scared of taking some risk, as long as you understand what what you're doing, um, and you and you've got the resources to, to monitor it. Um, you know that's how. That's how I think. That's how community banks are gonna are gonna survive. I guess the last thing I would I would say is, you know, embrace technology, but don't be totally relying on it. You you know you can't you can't you know outsource or you know you're not going to get a computer to do you know your the, the thinking part of your job for you at least not yet. Terry, tell us this. We give you since you were gracious to come on the show and talk with us a little bit about risk management, and managing risk, and and places where community banks can shore up uh, some of their, I guess, fault lines, if we want to call them that. Give us a little commercial for what you do in PKM since you're on the show and let folks know how to find you. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, again, we're, we're at Port of Cadlemore. We're based in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a little less than 100 folks there. And our primary focus is, is financial institutions and financial technology. Uh, you know, PKM.com is a website where you can find us. Again, we 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 serve the southeast primarily from Texas to Virginia, and you sort of go down to the south to southeast. We also have, again, we have clients in another probably ten states, just one off. But again, I think that you know our focus has been community banks and financial institutions for for thirty years, and uh, you know uh, at least in my time, though I'm sure we'll be focusing on that for the rest of my career. Well, Terry, thanks for being on the show today. That's Terry from PKM, and he is the, the risk management man if you need some advice or some coaching or some counsel. Yeah, before you call us, call him <laughs> to make sure that we fit we'll, in. We'll make the risk happen. He'll, yeah, make we, the, we, we, he'll mitigate it. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll help us manage it. So um, thanks for your time today, Terry, and um, take care. Thanks, guys. You know, Josh met a Terry one time. <laughs> he was a wrestler named Hulk Hogan. I did meet Terry Balea. Tell the people about meeting Terry. Not the risky Terry, but maybe the risky Terry. I will tell you, tune in next time, and I will tell you about Terry Balea, Terry Hulk Hogan. Tune in next time, brother, and eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Yep. Kiss your mom goodnight. Later. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.